there, I'm Alyssa Olenek, scientist, exercise enthusiast, weightlifter, outdoors lover, and entrepreneur. I believe that the extremes in the fitness and wellness industries are leaving way too many of us out of the conversation, not telling us the knowledge that we actually need to succeed in our health, our wellness, our nutrition, and quite frankly, our lives. They end up giving us black and white polarizing messages that leave us more confused than giving us the answers that we need. Through my 10 years of studying exercise science, metabolism, and female physiology, as well as exploring the outdoors and being a fitness athlete myself, I'm here to bring to you the conversations that need to be had in an industry that often is too far focused on extremes. So if you join me on this podcast, I truly believe that life is best lived in the messy middle. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Messy Middle Podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. If you're tuning in on YouTube, please go ahead and like and subscribe to my channel if you're enjoying this content. And if you're tuning in on the podcast on whatever platform you're on, rating, reviewing, subscribing, whatever your platform allows you to do helps us so much. So go ahead and do that if you love the Messy Middle Pod and the information coming out to help support me and being able to produce all of this for you. So with that being said, today I want to talk to you about the four most common mistakes I see people doing when they start hybrid training. So for those of you who are maybe new here or have not really got into the hybrid realm yet, interested in doing that, when I talk about hybrid training, let's first just define what that actually is. So Hybrid training is essentially combining more of multiple modalities of fitness in one exercise training routine, week or day. The technical term for this is actually concurrent training. So you're concurrently doing multiple modes of fitness at once. And so when I'm talking about this specifically in the realm of the people who tend to follow my content, I'm talking about it in regards to combining resistance training and running or any other endurance modality. So a lot of the time when I talk about this, because I myself am a runner, um, people always ask, well, can I do this with triathlon or biking or swimming or whatever else that you do? And just it's really talking about endurance and strength concurrently. So whatever you your version of strength is and whatever your ver- version of endurance is, that is essentially what I am speaking to. And so this is something that has become really popular over the last few years, especially as the fitness industry has finally started to move away from bro science of cardio kills your gains to, okay, well, this is actually not as detrimental as we thought. There's a little bit more context to this. And also like these things can exist and there's more optimal ways to do them. And so the, you are allowed to have fitness goals that aren't only strength or only endurance and they can have both and there's probably a more appropriate way to do that and so first off I'm going to shamelessly plug that if you find the information in today's episode really insightful you're struggling with this and you want more help um, my ebook hybrid is a really great place to start it really does a deep dive into the science behind hybrid training or concurrent training for you explaining the science behind it why running or lifting affect one another or running and endurance or lifting whatever you want to call it affect one another um, how to reduce the those effects and how to actually implement a hybrid training routine um, more effectively and efficiently. But today I want to go over four ways that I think that you can basically dodge a lot of bullets in the very beginning of this. So again, hybrid is the resource that you want to get. We'll link it in the show notes um, below as well as my YouTube notes or go to littlelistfitness.com to get a copy of that, which is super, super helpful. But to get into today's episode, Building on that, so now we kind of have an idea of what hybrid training 
really actually is and what it means to be a hybrid trainee. And so with that being said, whether or not you are trying to maximize both of these, people think that when I talk about hybrid training, it means that you have to be trying to be the strongest powerlifter and fastest marathon runner at the same time. And it doesn't need to be that way. Hybrid has a spectrum. I have a post on that on Instagram that we can link here as well. And so there's a hybrid training spectrum and you could just be a runner who wants to add lifting in to help reduce injury rates, be a little bit stronger, a little bit more efficient in your running, or you can be a lifter who wants to just add in a little bit of cardio so you can you know, improve your cardiovascular health and well-being, all the way to being someone who's like me who wants to try to maximize both those things in the same training program across years or cycles or whatever it is. So yes, if you're trying to maximize both at once, that's going to be a little bit harder and look a little bit different. But Hopefully and ideally, there are you. There are many of you who are runners adding lifting to your routines um, and or lifters who know that cardio is important. You don't really know how to do it. And so a lot of these rules still probably apply to you. So the first mistake that I see a lot of people doing whenever they decide to add in running to their routine specifically or endurance training to their routine, more so when I see them adding in lifting, um, is not increasing dietary carbohydrate intake appropriately to match match the demands of what you're doing. So when we decide to start engaging in hybrid or concurrent training, um, we end up usually adding more volume to our whole training routine. So that's something I'll talk about here in a moment as well, is that we just start adding on to what we're already doing. And sometimes this is an okay approach. Um, but if you are doing this, you're doing more exercise, which means you're probably expending more energy, which means you need more energy to match that. So you can, you know, continue to keep outputs at what you're trying to get in your training, recover, or have the energy you need um, for your workouts and training sessions. And so especially when you're adding endurance training to your routine, um, and this isn't to say that when you're adding in lifting, this isn't true to some degree, but this is just more so true when you're adding endurance training on top of lifting or you're increasing endurance training for a race and things like that. And so I will add the caveat in the beginning that people say that, yes, your body adapts to endurance training, and this is true. You become more efficient with time. That is a good thing. That is important. I'm not telling you to increase carbs linearly and definitely into the stratosphere forever and ever, you may find a place where you just kind of plateau when you're eating there. But in general, your dietary carbohydrate needs will increase when you are adding more to your exercise training program. Exercise in itself just expends a lot of carbohydrates in general. As much as we don't want to believe that, carbs are good for us and they do fuel our activity. And so I say this with the assumption that you're eating enough protein in your diet already and or recommending that you do increase your protein intake if it isn't already to a 0.8 to 0.9-ish range of uh, pounds per grams per pound of body weight. You can go upwards of one. That's hard for a lot of people. But 0.8 to 0.9 for people who are recreationally and regularly engaging exercise with the pursuit of fitness goals is a good spot to be. Um, but I'm assuming that that is there. And fat's kind of, I used to like to say this, the saying fats find you. If you're eating food, fat's probably finding you in your foods. But carbs tend to be something that a lot of people either avoid or they don't realize how hard it is to get carbohydrates in your diet um, when you need above and beyond like a specific amount. So something that I think a lot of people do is that they're either afraid of carbs, they restrict carbs, or they don't feel like they're expending enough energy to deserve the carbs that they need to eat. But you probably need more carbs than you think. And so when we talk about carbohydrate intake, I think a lot of people think that we're talking about mixed macro carb 
sources. So we think that I'm saying that you should go eat a bunch of mac and cheese or you should go eat a bunch of pizza. And those are mixed macro meals that are probably have some protein, some fat, some carbs, even if they do have a high carb amount. What I'm talking about is you're probably going to have to increase your carb intake from like carb specific sources. So I'm talking a mix of whole grains and less, you know, whole type clean food grains that are a little bit more refined because they're easy to digest and get more rapid glucose and fructose and carbohydrates into our blood and body. You're going to be increasing a spectrum of those things um, which have an appropriate place whether they're during your training or around them in your meals. But as a whole, you're probably going to have to increase your carbohydrate intake. The amount you need really depends on how much training you're doing, the volume of what you're doing, and if you have any like weight loss goals or whatever it is. So I can't give you a specific amount for you. But what I can say is that if you find that you have an increased hunger or you're feeling more fatigued during or after your workouts or that fatigue you feel across the week where you have a lot of energy in your workouts at the beginning of the week, maybe after a big weekend eating meal session time, all the way throughout the week, you feel like you almost get like hypoglycemic as you go. That's a great indicator. Those are all great indicators that you probably need to bump up the carbohydrates in your diet to match your activity expenditure. And so you need to increase calories potentially, but those calories should be coming from carbs. Again, assuming that your your fat um, kind of increases naturally with increased intake, staying within its general percentage range, but then you're eating enough protein. So that caloric increase is going to come from carbohydrates and carbs play a really important role in this, but also uh, endurance training uses a higher percent of carbohydrate during exercise than lifting does. So adding endurance training to your lifting is going to deplete your carb stores in your muscles and your liver a little bit more than lifting will. So that's why I say that you probably have to increase it more because you're just going to be depleting those and you're going to have to be repleting those. And so you might end up needing more, especially if you're doing bigger race goals, higher race distances, really long runs. You really want to make sure that you're replenishing your carbohydrates. This is also true with intensity. The more intense your sessions are, the more you're going to be decreasing your carb stores um, in your muscles. And you want to be making sure that your diet is refilling those, um, but also that it's like stabilizing your blood sugar, but also you're going to still be metabolizing those as you're recovering throughout the day. So it's not like you just top them off and they're good to go. Um, sometimes you have to keep eating in order to keep them full for your next session and having full glycogen stores are important for training and performance. And again, if you felt that feeling before where as you go across the week, you start to feel like garbage as you get towards the later end of the week, and then you eat a really big high carb meal and you feel better, that is a great indication that you need more carbs in your training. So with that being said, eat more carbs. Yes, you can do endurance performance, lifting performance in a low carbohydrate state. No, it is not optimal. And unless you are in true ketosis, it's going to feel like garbage. Like if you're going to go high fat, go all in, get in ketosis or get on the carb bandwagon. That is my general consensus for that. Um, that's my very oversimplified consensus on that kind of response that people have to carbs in training. But in general, um, if you're following a normal diet, increasing your carbohydrate intake is going to make you recover better. You're going to feel amazing and it's just going to make your training as a whole all that much better. So the next thing is going to be people really, really love to overcomplicate the perfect training split when it comes to hybrid training. We think that because we're combining lifting and running and everyone says that it kills your gains. Um, and then we also do the thing, like I mentioned earlier, where we just try to start slapping things on top of things we're already doing. We try to do more as a whole. We don't adjust our training session in general. We start to forget about the perfect split. And so what we end up doing instead of actually making progress on lifting, running, either 
or both, we end up making progress on neither because we were spending so much time freaking out about the best way to combine them that we're not even getting in the training that we need to do. So yes, there are more optimal ways to do this. And yes, you might feel better on the same training volume with a more ideal split. I'm not saying that, but the biggest thing that I really have to stress, especially for beginners or new trainees or people new to this is you need to stop obsessing over the perfect split. There is no perfect split for combining running and lifting or endurance and lifting. There's going to be more optimal ways to do it, but the perfect split is completely dependent on your current fitness status. So what you can handle, and that's going to be the next point I'm going to talk about, um, the days per week that you can handle training, the distance or goal of the race or objective or running goal or endurance goal that you have, and your strength goals that you have within that. All of those things are going to determine what the number of days you run, the number of days you lift, the number of days you train as a whole. But don't worry about the perfect lifting split. First, just try to get it in within your normal training and making sure that you're doing a recoverable amount of volume. Again, I'll talk about this here more in a second, but don't freak out about the perfect split. You will figure out the split that works for you with Again, tools like my hybrid ebook um, or my resources can be extremely helpful for this and figuring this out because there are more optimal ways to do this. But the perfect split doesn't exist. Like you're going to have to get over this idea that there is the most ideal split unless you are a legitimate elite athlete. It's never going to be perfect and you just have to accept that, but you can make it work for your life and your lifestyle. And generally, if you can just recover enough and do volume that is enough to elicit a stimulus while being able to recover and enjoying your training, those are going to be such important factors that we tend to like overlook because we're like, oh my God, well, I don't know how to put this together in my program perfectly. So like, screw it, I'm going to do nothing. No, slowly work it in, figure out where it fits, what makes sense and adjust your volume that you're currently doing to a Account for that addition or increase in other volume. Again, my hybrid Eva talks about this, my seasons approach. I have multiple Instagram posts that go over that seasons approach and how you're going to have to adjust your lifting and running in ratio to each other, depending on how your goals work. It's not about doing it all, all of the time. And I think a lot of people think that when they're trying to find their perfect split or they're trying to get into hybrid programming or training, they think that they have to have this ideal split to do all the things all year round, all the time. And that is not true. You need to just train first. I think for many people, they're already missing tons of training sessions. They're already not fitting fitness in their lifestyle or they're training in their lifestyle that makes sense for them to begin with. And you need to start there first and foremost. So this is not to dismiss that there are more optimal ways to do this. It's that that's not where you start. You need to start by doing and getting the work in that is the most important. Um, especially if you're a beginner intermediate trainees, the impacts of lifting on running and running on lifting are probably not enough where you can't benefit from both at the point that you're at. Your just fitness status is not there. The Messy Middle Podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high quality supplements when dosed appropriately can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. 
Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they are fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed with what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y. M-I-D-D-L-E at checkout to save 20% today. So that breeds me into point number three is that you are training above your current fitness status or trying to train above your current fitness status and not factoring that in. And so Hybrid is my only book where I blatantly, very, like very blatantly, but lovingly say that like my my new favorite saying that I've been kind of weaving into my content recently is you are not fit enough to worry about that. And that is not meant to be a bash on you for lacking fitness because this applies to many people. And in general, if you have fitness goals and you are not there in this current moment, we all lack the fitness. We need to do those things. Like right now I'm training to deadlift 400 pounds. Well, I lack the current fitness to deadlift 400 pounds, right? So that's not to be a down talk on you and your goals. But if you're a beginner and immediate trainee, you've only been working out for a few years or you've been working out only in one of these areas for a few years, it just might take some time for your ability to tolerate how much volume you can do, how frequently you can do these things, and how much you can do with each other, um, with both types of training at once. It's just going to take time for you to build fitness. You can do more, but you have to earn your ability to do more. So I like to use something what I call the fishbowl analogy is that imagine you have a fishbowl full with water, right? And you can only put all of that water into running or lifting. And the amount of water in your fishbowl, it's probably, it could be a bucket analogy. It doesn't have to be a fishbowl. I don't know why I use a fishbowl analogy. Is that the, say there's a set amount of water. If you have a beginner level fitness or a low level of fitness, you have only a little bit of water. Only a little bit of water to give to running and a little bit of water to give to lifting. And that's probably why if you're a beginner trainee, this seems so impossible because you haven't built up your work capacity in either. But as your fitness status increases, you get more water in your bowl or your bucket to put in the cup of each. And then you can handle more and more and more. Now, eventually, as you get to the top, even if you can handle a lot of training volume, if your volume demands of your lifting or your volume demands of your running get greater than the other one, you're going to have to steal water from the one to give it to the other. But the amount of water you have to give is directly related to your training status. If you are a less trained individual and you don't have a large running background or a large strength background, the amount of days that you can run and lift together is going to be less overall than someone who's been doing either or both for a very long time. So you might only be able to do two days of each at first and that sucks because you might be able to spend four days on just that one modality and that might be okay in a certain season if you have a really specific goal because that's all that you can handle and that also comes into the factor of like your work schedule and how much training you can actually factor into a week and why you don't have an optimal training session because it it, it really depends on your life and your fitness status. And so as you increase fitness status, you can do more days. You can do more volume in a session. You can do more volume in double days, things like that. You can increase that over time, but you have to earn that ability to do that. And that comes with 
getting more fit, increased fitness status, and increased work capacity and increased ability to recover. Um, you're just able to do more work and you will adapt to that. Your body adapts to stress over time and concurrent training or hybrid training is just as much of a stressor as lifting or running is individually. And if you give your body enough of something, it will either break or it will get better. And if you just do enough to stress it that it doesn't push it to that breaking point, then you will get better and you will handle more over time. You will get more water in your metaphorical fishbowl or bucket. And so I think way too many people when they start hybrid training, they decide that they're going to go do it all and they just start adding in a ton of running to their lifting or lifting to their running or whatever it is, increasing all this volume at the same time. And they're increasing too much in too many areas. They're doing too much and they're not factoring in for where they lack. And so they, you end up getting injured or burnt out or you, you're not recovering or you feel like trash. And this is assuming your sleep and your stress management and your nutrition is like already on key. Um, but with that being said, when you are factoring in your fitness status, so many people forget to think about what they already are able to do and they're lifting or they're running and adjusting appropriately to what they're adding in. So say you're lifting four days a week, you handle a good bit of volume, say you're doing 10 sets per body part per week or whatever it is. When you add in running, you might be adding in more fatigue on your legs and you might notice that. So for a short period of time, you might cut back, say, your quad and hamstring or hinging and squatting patterns or whatever it is to eight sets per week so that you have more ability to recover until your body can adapt to that additional running volume you gave and then you can bring that lifting volume back up so then your overall volume or capacity as a whole is simply higher and you could apply that to whatever situation that you're in but same thing if you are adding in lifting for the first time ever or you're trying to adapt to lifting this is why I encourage runners to do a strength cycle where you are intentionally decreasing your running volume so that you can handle more lifting volume and recover and adapt but if you spend time investing in a strength cycle or an aerobic base building cycle or whatever that looks like and I have my free five-week aerobic base building challenge I can link here as well is that if you spend time investing in one of the areas that you lack you will be able to do more in the future with less and this is super important so so a lot of you during COVID-19 lockdowns might have heard a lot of fitness professionals saying that it takes less to maintain your fitness than it did to gain it. And that similar rule applies here. So with that being said, that essentially is what I'm saying is that if you can invest in a period of time where you really, really, really work on your strength or hypertrophy or muscle gaining and just for a period of a season of life, and that doesn't mean you have to stop running altogether, doing what you love, but if you can invest on that, in the future, that will pay off more than if you keep trying to do the cat and mouse game where you do a little bit and back off and do a little bit and back off or freak out. Like if you really spend time investing in your strength, this applies to things beyond hybrid training, you will be able to maintain that and maintain the benefits of that with less in the future. And so the reason this is important for hybrid or concurrent training is that when you are race training at some point in time, you're going to have to decrease your lifting volume, maybe not intensity, but volume, which means that you're not going to be intentionally training for hypertrophy in the middle of a big running cycle like you're just not going to be doing that but you're going to be trying to maintain the gains and the fitness that you have but it's going to be easier to maintain what you have when you have it than trying to gain something you don't have while also stressing your body in two different directions that's where we see more of that interference type thing and it's just really going to be coming down to that you won't be able to handle the recovery from that or the volume necessary to achieve both things at once so you're better off focusing on one thing or the other while adjusting the other appropriately 
in response to that. And so if you're a runner and endurance junkie listening to this, invest in a, in a year of really hard, intense strength training or six months or in off season, even three to four months can do so much for you. And so the same thing applies for my friends who really feel like cardio is their mortal enemy and they know that they need to add in for health purposes or they're lifters or they're a lifter who wants to do a running event. You really have to respect the ad- adaptations that it takes to get to running. I think people think that we should all just be able to run and that's just a normal human thing, but you have to let your tendons and your ligaments and your muscles adapt just like you need to let your cardiovascular system adapt. And so with that, you have to spend time putting coins in the bank or miles in the tank or reps, whatever you want to call it. Um, So you have to take the time to develop that because those physiological adaptations are not instant and they take time and they take years. And so you might have to gradually increase that along your training for a long period of time or spend some time dropping back that intensity to really build that. And so the biggest thing that I can say with this is a lot of people who want to do hybrid training, if you want to maximize both, if that is your ultimate goal, is you're going to have to think of it as a multi-year plan. It's big training cycles where you're losing a little bit in one area to gain in another area, but you're trying to increase that overall plateau in your current fitness um, across time, across years. Where if you're just a runner adding and lifting or a lifter adding in some cardio, these these decrements in your other training don't really have to be as big. You can probably just gradually increase what you're doing across time and adjusting your training if you feel anything um, impacting it whatsoever and prioritizing recovery. So again, the amount of focus you have to take on these really depends on what your goals are within it. And so my very last thing that I wanted to say is that the biggest mistake I see as well when people are trying to find the perfect split in trying to add running to their lifting or lifting to the running or adding both together is that people tend to think the easiest thing to do is just to skip rest days to just, okay, well, I have a day where I'm not training, so just add a run to that day or I'll add a lift to that day. And unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily work that way. So I will say personally, when I was training for my 100K and lifting three to four days a week, there was periods of time where I was maybe going 10 days without an official rest day. Um, So I will say that with full transparency, but with something that I did intentionally is when I was taking rest days or in between sessions, I would basically, you know, I altered intensity across the week, but I would make it so that a couple times a week when that did happen is that I was taking like 36 hour breaks between my training sessions. So I still was technically getting over a day worth of break. Um, And really the only reason that ever happened is if I had to move my rest day around from like a Sunday to a Thursday and it just, I had to keep training through it. So I do want to give that with full transparency that sometimes like people do have longer training phases and they don't rest necessarily every single week, but that is for an acute short period of time right now. And the season that I'm in for context, I'm taking like two rest days a week. And that's usually what I do in these types of times. Um, but I will train six days a week when I am race training, but you still need a rest day or periods of lower intensity or periods of rest or breaks between your workouts, um, in order to recover because yes, recovery is technically where people see the gains happen. No, gains happen from the stress that you put your body under while you're running or lifting, but the recovery is what allows those things to recover so you can continue to adapt and do more. But I think a lot of people just start training seven days a week, week after week, week after week, week after week, and then they're not recovering and they're frustrated with what they're doing. And so they just slap that extra workout on that extra day. And so instead of doing that, you're going to have to reassess your training schedule. And this is, again, why the perfect split is not you know, something that's like this magical unicorn that we're all keeping a secret of because it depends on what you can handle in a week, both recovery wise, fitness status wise, but also like what you can realistically fit in. And so if this is your goal, you might have to cut back somewhere else, um, whether that's cutting a run like 
two miles shorter so that you can do 20 minutes of strength training or it's cutting a extra recovery run so you can add in a lifting day or if it's cutting some of your you know, extra volume in your lift or something that you don't need in order to add a little bit more cardio because it aligns with your goals. So it's about kind of figuring out where that fits in within your week. Or I highly recommend double days over skipping rest days. I, I think that you can doing two sessions once or twice a week, if you can handle it, maybe a little bit more intermediate to advanced trainees, that's probably the appropriate. And when I think double days, I'm thinking like sessions that are completely separate from each other, not like, okay, I did my 45 minute lift and then I went and did a two mile treadmill run. Like that I I kind of just is kind of I consider that like one session I'm talking about like when I was training for my ultras and I was doing like a 90 minute lift in the morning and then like a six or seven mile run at night like that's what I mean by double days or like if you do your speed workout in the morning and then your strength in the afternoon or whatever that is or if you are doing two big sessions back to back with a little bit of break in between those are what I mean by double days or two session days or two days whatever you want to call it not like oh I did some cardio off the end of my lift like you have to think about like the volume and intensity of what you're doing as a whole um but even if you aren't doing like a double day if you are putting them into one session that might be a strategic way to do that for you especially for my beginner trainees who are like really flustered with this you can add your run in after your lift or even run before your lift honestly at that point and you're probably not going to hurt anything so much that it's going to negatively impact your adaptations because so much is a stimulus to you right now that you're going to get better basically no matter what you do and that's just promising so with that being said I prefer either back-to-back or single sessions with both modes in it two days um and I don't think two days every day is really the way to go for most people unless like you really have a high level of fitness but for those of you who are maybe a little bit more upper level intermediate bands have a really long training history or you ease into it you might utilize one to two double days um in training cycles that are really hard and heavy but that would be a temporary thing but the goal is to just not skip your rest days um as a whole like you just don't want to be doing that especially for my beginners who just really need more rest to recover or they can't handle all that volume um and where two days might be a little bit too much for you right now so you're just gonna have to find a way to do less with more and so doing two or three days of running two three days of lifting is probably a more you know easy way for you to get that in and that's exactly what we do in the list method um and my running programs as well as um with this with rest days factoring your current training fitness status and your split that is exactly what hybrid does for you it has over 60 examples where it's like if you're a beginner and you want to lift two days and run three days like here are example ways to set up your week and so that's exactly what I do to you I give you ways to show you how to do that that would allow for recovery distancing your workouts from each other spacing out like upper and lower body and running in certain ways so that you can recover a little bit more and factoring all those things in but as a whole If you are trying to start hybrid training, concurrent training, mixing modalities, even if it doesn't apply to running and lifting, other things, you need to be well-fed. You need to adjust your caloric intake for that. You need to stop stressing about the perfect split and factoring in where you're at, what you need to do, how you can fit this into your life, and then modifying based off your response to those things. And you need to rest and recover. You need to sleep. You need to fuel. You need to do all of the things. So that is my four biggest mistakes that I see people doing when they start hybrid training. I hope that was really helpful. If it was, again, if you're following along on YouTube, 
like and subscribe at the bottom here. Show notes will have all the links to everything I talked about here today. And if you are listening on any other podcast platform, please rate, review, subscribe. If you watch this and take a screenshot or share it to your story on Instagram or anyone else, please tag me at Littlest Fitness. Um, I would love to see it, see how like what you learned from the episode. Um, and I will check you on the next episode of the Messy Middle Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in this week. And if you wanted to check out Hybrid, we'll link it hybrid and we'll link it below or head to www littlestfitness.com so we can help you crush your hybrid running goals together this year.